Hello there, everyone, and welcome to Tap Calf Transmissions, episode four. We're going to be talking about the Kratos Trap. I am the host for this week, Corey, and joining me, as always, is Eckhart's Justin Ladder. Oh, I didn't know that was a middle name, but uh, thanks for having me on your channel this time. It's very cozy. It's very... Wow. That's rude. Hi. No, cozy as in... I didn't mean small cozy. I meant... Hey, I, I didn't say and... that. I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, God. What, what have you... I done? Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I double as the guy from Star Wars Explained, of course. So... <laughs> yeah, so uh, we are back with the third book in Rogue Squadron, or in X-Wing, which is uh, our fourth right, episode overall. We've talked about... Uh, the Truce of Bakura so far, Rogue mm -hmm. Squadron, uh, mm -hmm. the Wedges Gamble, which is surprise mechanics, <laughs> and now Krytos Trap. So, uh, first off, uh, how have the last two weeks been for you? Any exciting feelings while uh, reading this I book? went to Toronto. Um, I started reading the book about three days ago. Um, it was a pretty hard task as a Corellian. I don't care for odds generally. And also as a member of Rogue Squadron, um, we typically accomplish the impossible, but even this was pretty difficult. This is a pretty wordy book, but without like happening. Yeah, it's not a lot of substance. I read it the night after the last episode. I basically stayed up till 8 a.m., read the whole thing, and have oh. been going back over it a couple of times since because uh, we did have a bunch of moderately stuff going on. Uh, so it's been oh, a yes. busy couple weeks, but we're we're good here. I think we're going to be... There's three main uh, plot lines to the book. Mm -hmm. So uh, basically the trial of Tycho, Corrin getting out of Lusankia, and mm -hmm. also Curtain Lore's fun terrorist times. I like uh, that. And I, I think Lore's is probably the one that ties in... A bit less with the other stuff. And we did spend the last few uh, episodes saying that we'll probably talk more about the uh, the villains of this series, a bit more with Kratos Trap mm -hmm. and Back to War. Uh, so do you want to, I guess, open it up with talking a bit about what Lore's up to and maybe some impressions on yeah. uh, Isard and Lirivoru? I mean, so keep in mind, I've only read the book in the last week one time, not six times like you, but I will try my best. Um, so sorry, I don't know why I said that, but uh, it's coming out so, with all the shots today. I don't know what's up here. wrong with me. Um, <laughs> so basically, at the end of the last book, curtain lore well, all of the empire is basically leaving a poisoned Coruscant to the new republic. It's poisoned with this really nasty disease called the Krytos virus. Um, they've totally given up Imperial Center, it's no longer under Imperial control, and any sort of meaningful way um lore believes that i started in the lusankia he thinks the lusankia is just her secret prison he thinks she's off planet some world or somewhere and he's basically been given the job of causing as much destruction and hardship to the new republic as he possibly can and of course his headquarters is not you know hidden in the depths of imperial center it's at the top of a really tall skyscraper which where he can know. conveniently see a lot of what he needs to going on. Yeah. Uh, the book opens up with the 
uh, kind of like a public funeral for Corrin, as well mm-hmm. as a uh, who everyone believes to have died after he flew into a building and right. uh, disappeared. They assume disintegrated, I guess, after the end of the liberation of Coruscant. Uh, so they're having like a joint celebration of liberating Coruscant and uh, trying to turn Corrin's death into a symbol. Uh, so all the New Republic leadership is at this ceremony. Uh, Rogue Squadron's there, and uh, Curtin Lore turns out to be watching the whole thing happen and deciding not to bomb it until after people leave, which very effective. I don't really get that. Did you? I, like, I still don't quite understand what his reasoning there is. I mean, I uh, guess it's more wanting to scare the populace is good, but like, you could have literally eliminated like. If you want to try to get an in-universe rationale for it, I guess it like you could say turning them into martyrs. But at the same time, yeah, if you're destroying the entire leadership as well as Rogue Squadron, then great. But I think the real reason is that all these characters were still alive in all the books that were written before <laughs> that take place long after, which is kind of why like very little can happen in Lore's totally. arc because it's mostly just uh, stuff that we know doesn't succeed or can't succeed. Uh, and then it especially gets worse with uh, when Fileri Voru, who is supposed to be working on the New Republic side, he helped them liberate mm-hmm. the planet. He's kind of supposed to keep the underworld in check, uh, accidentally finds Lore and starts telling them who he can and can't hit. Um, yeah. Um, I, I guess that's part of the reason why like they have Isard as the main villain and not Zinj at this point, because we know Zinj is killed in courtship of Princess Leia. So, like, if, if they had been pursuing him as the main enemy this entire time, I guess, we would have known that it was all for naught, and that he basically would have been blown up by Tehran. Yeah, so the uh, like the idea with terrorism is that you do want to go after civilian or non... Like, targets that would seemingly be random. Uh, so there's that, but there's also, if you have the chance to take out uh that much political leadership as well then that's usually something they go for but yeah totally uh so i I just think it's funny that like he's sitting there in a skyscraper just like watching the events happening i just imagine like a a rogue squadron pilot doing a flyby and like looking at his window and like hey (laughs) wait a second the plot from the last book just flies through the window exactly knowing tycho's lock he probably would have seen like some lampshade that looked like it had sandy (laughs) Blonde or dark brown hair, depending on the book. And <laughs> there was a cloak hanging somewhere <laughs> that was just the right height to be Tycho. Implicated him in all this, but some uh, other, yeah. There's also the question of like how successful does Isard even expect him to be? Because she seems yep. to want to get him killed with all this. She's kind of hoping do some damage, you're gonna die, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. Uh, it is weird, though, a little bit how, like, I, I kind of wish they spent less time with Lore worrying about, like, what Isard would do. I get that it's, like, she's kind of, like, at this point, his puppet master and whatever, but almost half of, like, his monologues are just, like, him deciding whether he's going to be killed today or not. I, I guess that's part of the importance, but it just, I don't find it very compelling, to be honest. Yeah, he... I can't even really say he's just around to help progress the plot in other areas because he doesn't really accomplish much and then nothing really has to do with him except for towards the end of the book. uh, He is trying to kind of 
go around Isard and do stuff on his own to implicate Rogue Squadron in right. the destruction of a Bacta convoy, which we'll probably get to a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, and Isard already had a plan around that, so he kind of just decides that he's screwed and he's going to go to the New Republic and tell them everything he can to hopefully protect himself. Mm-hmm. But he dies on the way, and it wasn't Isard wasn't even trying to kill him. Like there's yeah, both of his bosses get him in this book. There's Fleury Voru, who says he found him accidentally, and there's Isard, who thought she was killing Derricote. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, the whole Derricote, like, that whole assassination at the end is, like, so bad. Like, I try not to be too negative, but, like, they're going into a courthouse. Can you not have better security? I mean, I understand the idea that, like, yes, he, he was, like, a thought to be a non-combatant. Yeah. They, it's kind of ironic that all this suspicion about Tycho being a sleeper agent, no one had known where Derek was, which is so. Uh, Wedge's fan, friend Yellow Siri, who was helping them in the last book, uh, mm-hmm. and who's also in charge of the prosecution of Tycho uh, mm-hmm. in the trial in this book, which is supposed to be for Cornhorn's murder, uh, trying to accuse him of being a, an Imperial sleeper agent, even though he's not acting like the other Lusankia sleeper agents in any way. Uh, her husband had been captured by the Imperials and had disappeared Mm -hmm. and he turned up fairly recently before the events of the book and uh, starts living with Iela again and kind of takes an interest in Tycho's case but Mm -hmm. he's been conditioned as this sleeper agent and then at the end of the book he's the one that pops out and uh, kills certain lore but like all this suspicion around Tycho You'd think there'd be at least some level of the same suspicion around Derek and that he wouldn't be... Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really even consider that. Also, I just want to mention, if you think the fact that having um, his crush's husband die twice would stop Wedge... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a that was a fun scene. Like, Wedge... Going to basically... pick her up. <laughs> yeah. He's like, take her out for a drink. He's got, like, he just went to the uh, corner store and bought, you know, some special stuff for the night. Gets there. It's her, like, emancipated husband. God damn it. Shows up at their door with a pack of condoms and some flowers. <laughs> it, it, the, the real alpha move would have been just to shoot him on the spot and be like, I'm sorry, he, Sleeper agent. he turned to the second I opened the door. Sodden <laughs> his eyes didn't trust him. But they all handle it pretty reasonably, where it's like, oh, yeah. if you were dead... Yeah, you're right. If you were dead, yeah. I'd be all over this right now. And plus, the the husband basically goes like just short of saying, "Listen, it's Wedge Antilles. I get it." <laughs> yeah. Uh, the whole time, though, I was picturing. Do you ever? I'm assuming you've watched Friends, right? Yeah. So, you know, this is going to be lost on anyone who hasn't. But uh, when Monica is dating Tom Selleck, oh yeah, <laughs> that's basically them and chandler is what i was picturing the whole time or reading like about. skinny tom Selleck. yeah chandler is chandler is wedge tom Selleck yeah. is derek and monica is yella that's basically what i'm picturing this entire book i ate at the same restaurant as tom Selleck once that's uh like at the same time or it was a restaurant yeah at the same time yeah i was in there damn i was in there and the waiter very Rudely to Tom Selleck, he's like, guys, there's a celebrity in here. <laughs> Selleck's <laughs> Yeah. 
I don't know. This was before my meteoric rise to fame, oh. and when I when I could hardly leave the house. <laughs> sure, I I hardly ever leave the house anyway. Yeah, true. Working from home is great. Yeah, but uh, is there anything else to really talk about with the early parts of lore? Like the he does make a lot of comparisons. Or he tries to highlight the comparisons between himself and uh, and Tarkin, Tarkin, especially. But there's the one part where. Uh, He's trying to walk down the corridor talking to his new agents. He's picturing himself as a pale imitation of Darth Vader. Yeah. Like, eh. Yeah, he sees himself as a potential like heir to the throne. Yeah, he he's everyone important in the Empire. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's weird enough having Isar be so powerful, but he's like basically like an Imperial. He's like a low, medium-level Imperial intelligence agent. Do we meet any named Imperials in this series that don't think they're going to be the next Empire Emperor? Uh, I don't Other know. Does Derricote really? I guess Derricote sees himself as assuming power. Yeah, he uh, he starts off thinking that he's eventually going to get and some commander of the power. Black Asp. <laughs> but uh, even in Teresa Bakura, Thanos was thinking yeah. that he'd jump up the Imperial ranks and become the next Emperor. Yeah, big power vacuum that everyone's trying to exploit. Yeah. I mean, I used to work at McDonald's, and I, if the president of McDonald's Canada ever quit, I would be <laughs> thinking, that's where I'm going next. That's why you're not still working at McDonald's. Yeah, the, the you, you, If you had a bit there. more drive, buddy. Right. I should quit. And no one's, you see, back, back in my day, back in my day, people were in the empire because they loved it. <laughs> I want to be the next emperor. You know, Big Daddy Palpatine. He's going to live forever. He's going to live forever. No matter which continuity you're in. That's right. Dark Empire V2. On that uh, today? Yep. Uh... <laughs> One thing that I thought was interesting is that they talk about how much the New Republic is relying on Imperial like infrastructure and logistics on Coruscant. Yeah. Like, even, or even personnel. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit last time, too, with the computers. Right, where... yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, but like, if you're a citizen on Coruscant, like your local post office is probably still being manned or womaned or aliened by the same person or alien. They just they just kind of scribble out the the imperial badges <laughs> and their New Republic name tape or name tag over it. And it's just kind of weird because, like, I mean, it, it's sort of weird. But the previous book had talked about how like everyone on Coruscant thinks the New Republic's like here to rape and pillage. Yep. Yeah, and then they do. That's another thing that doesn't make sense to me with all the uh, all the attempts at terrorism. Like uh, yeah. they're trying to turn everyone against the New Republic. Yeah. And then they're doing all of this, and they're clearly trying to be Imperials doing it. And the idea is that they're trying to shake faith in the New Republic leadership to stop it. Right. But that's not generally what happens. It's like. Not gonna be like, yeah. oh, you can't stop this, so we're going to go back to the people who are doing this? In, all in all, it's a fairly convoluted plot. Like, I know Curtin Lore's idea is, yeah, it makes more sense, or I guess it's really, I started Lydia, is bankrupt the New Republic. But, like, like in the first book, the main issue is that Coruscant's going to be really hard to hold. And the whole reason that Rogue Squadron infiltrates is so that they can hold it, like, with against threats from the outside. But now we have like curtain lore and Imperial commando teams inside. 
And instead of like, we get it, the New Republic, sh- like bankrupting it would be bad. But like, so would killing Mon Mothma. <laughs> really if bad. If you could kill Akbar, Mon Mothma, Borsphalia, like you're, you're taking out the entire Provisional Council in one go, in multiple right. points here. And also Rogue Squadron, which was yeah. his job before, and he's obsessed with it before. And then he's like, oh, I'm not obsessed with it now. But then later in the book, he's still obsessed with it. So he just can't make up his mind. I was uh, one of the adjudicators for the big court, the military tribunal. Mm. Like he did, like I get that he just doesn't seem that important to me. And it's kind of like, I guess this is kind of like these books are still suffering from the really small universe syndrome, yeah. where like Coruscant has like one fighter garrison, <laughs> it's Rogue Squadron, <laughs> and like the New Republic has like one fighter commander, and it's Som. Yeah, the fight between wing. the Lusankia and the New Republic's entire Coruscant <laughs> Defense Force, aka Rogue Squadron. It's like, okay, boys, we, I started just killed about ten million people. Um, <laughs> I love the discussion at that? the end where it's like, uh, "Hey, do we have a fleet, Akbar?" Like, "Nah, man, they're elsewhere." No, not really. Didn't you have half the fleet. <laughs> nah, man, they're at Borlands. Oh, Skyhook. <laughs> Guess they're leaving anyways. It's fine. Yeah, and that's why the Essential Guide to Warfare is so good, because it kind of, you know, it explains, okay, then you just have two fleets. They had four big fleets with a bunch of little task forces, but, like, you had just captured Coruscant. Yeah, such a build-up over, oh, it's going to be impossible to hold, even if we right. do get the shields up, or get the plan with the shields up. We melted a Golan, so we're down that as well. Yeah, and we learn in this book that a Super Star Destroyer can puncture through the planetary shields pretty quickly. I hope none of the other warlords are well-known for having a Super Star Destroyer. Oh, actually, wait. Uh, I think they mentioned a few times, but Warlord Zinge is... Uh... Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so you must have just overlooked that. Or, yeah. I don't know how I feel about the... I mean, we're getting way off track, but that's okay. I don't know how I feel with Lusanki being able to bust through the planetary shield. It's like essentially in 10 minutes, it feels like. Yeah, well, there it's probably even less than it's that because small, it comes but... out and then yeah. it's just lifting off. The first layer. And it's pretty yeah. much flying the entire time it's going towards it and shooting. And I was mm-hmm. giving some nice visual aids there. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it makes so sense like, that it'd be able it... to puncture the small area if it's focusing everything. I agree. Yeah, I agree. The Republic may as well that's just generally shield down. Yeah, yeah, I agreed. That would have been generally like because it gets lambasted quite often. I don't, I don't hate it. Like this, this series is pretty pulpy, so I don't hate that scene. Yeah, works enough. If if they couldn't have done it, just uh, she's going to cause a lot of damage trying to get out. We should lower the shields. That, I'm assuming that would be the the other way to handle it yeah but um uh, i do like how that's basically the last jedi moment because there's like two or three major plot points like coming to a head we've got it busting through the shield and then we have corn breaking open the doors of the uh of the courtroom and being like stop right there yeah and then i don't know there's probably a third thing happening as well but uh yeah lord getting shot around the same time but that's slightly before and <laughs> Yeah, because that yeah. third plot point is what ends a lot earlier or a bit earlier. Yeah, yeah, totally. But 
So they talk a bit about, or it comes up a few times, how Isard's goal is not the resurrection of the Empire, just the destruction of the Rebellion, and then Lore sees it as the, or the Empire coming back after that, which I, I do wish we got a bit more inside Isard's mind, Agreed. like you were saying, where it's like, we're getting Lore's point of view here, Lore's mm -hmm. ultimately ineffective, but we don't know how or why, or we don't know what the ultimate goals are with that, and it's been a long time since I've looked at anything for Back to War, I don't know if that's something that we get more. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure either. I mean, these books are pretty self-contained, so I don't. We get major. I, like, it, from what I remember in Back to War, like she's pretty happy, just kind of being the warlord of Tyvera. Yeah. Yes, I, I don't. Yeah. I think if you were to, because she gets, uh, Isard does get a lot of later recognition. So I mean, maybe they could say she was the new republic for thrawn or the dark empire or something i don't know well she was a lot of the time trying to just stop thrawn from coming to take over from her that's so, true yeah that's like, true filtering her people like sending her soon to your fell video on that coming on saturday uh but i guess we'll just finish off thor's stuff here where mm -hmm. the next major thing that happens is like he he's trying to find the back to storage locations because the back is the only thing that can cure the Kratos virus. Right. And his way to do this is airspeeder bombs. But while he's setting all of this up, he gets pulled over by uh on this planet of one point five trillion people or whatever. <laughs> Which is woefully like an underrepresentation based on the density and the size of Coruscant. Yeah. I did the math one day. Voru finds him accidentally, pulls him in. Yeah. To a car, yep. as he's going about his day. I guess he tracked him down a different way first, and then intercepted him. But it's still like really. The relationship between Voru, um, it, or with Voru, is kind of weird because Lore should have like he should be able to disappear. Like I don't think I, I guess it, I get it's the Black Sun, but I still don't think he should be being dictated to by like essentially a criminal warlord. Yeah, the the stuff that Voru tries to get him to do also doesn't make any sense. Like, Voru's whole position on the planet is that he is, uh, as long as there is this threat from Lore, his, he's needed by the New Republic to stop the Underworld from yeah. being able to do what he's doing. But Voru also specifically forbids him from attacking any anything that's held by Voru. And yeah, he's selling a lot of back down the side, it seems. Yeah, and you'd expect that Kraken would have if Kraken is not entirely incompetent, because it seems like everyone else is able to find out whatever they want going on at any yeah. given time on Coruscant. But you'd think that there'd be like this pattern of, hey, these aren't being attacked. Nothing that we know has to do with Voru is getting screwed with at all, even aside mm -hmm. from like private back to or hidden back to assets. Uh so hey, what's going on with that? Yeah, it's I, the whole like with the criminal underworld never makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, there's a lot about Coruscant that makes like it's pretty questionable. I mean, it's such a large planet; it's like an Earth-sized planet, and all the action takes place in like three blocks, and it's like you know kilometer. Like, yeah, the buildings are stretching kilometers and kilometers. Like, you never hear like, oh, there's an attack on a back to convoy, but on, on the other side of the planet, like, too bad, Rogue Squadron, you're not hitting that one. Luckily, everything is 10 feet away from Imperial Palace. If Lusankia hadn't been hidden right there, who knows what they would have done. <laughs> yeah, I might have blasted off and no one would even notice. Like, 
Admiral Ackbar would have checked Twitter later. Be like, oh crap. Well, also with Corin getting to his uh, his uh, or Tycho's trial quickly enough, he does take a, a long speeder ride to get to where he was. But I, I wasn't sure if that was within Lusankia. Uh I don't think so because isn't he out of the museum? Oh, you mean right, like the shuttle or whatever? Like yeah. he falls asleep on because the exit from yeah, Lusankia was... does come out there. But shuttle ride and falls asleep and has a shower. I think. Yeah, he's in there for the better part of a day. I think. So it's in the the shuttle. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to be a considerable distance away. Probably some underground tunnels or something. Yeah. Plus, Luke visits the area later, and it's fine. And Lusenki basically destroys everything around it when it's taking off. So yeah, then some of those some considerable distance and everything back up. Does it? That's a question that came up for me when I was reading that part about how the droids function. Like, if all those things were killed were destroyed by the Lusankia and there mm-hmm. were a bunch of aliens and people or I guess aliens or people too uh, if there were a bunch of people in the area that were killed by it and the droids just come through and recycle the resources <laughs> do those new buildings have people in them and by um, in them I don't mean living in them I mean are there people incorporated into the, the shutters and the bones sticking out of the wall yeah it probably it's probably some melted Gamorreans oh, that was disgusting too but um one of the weird things with this series it like kind of young reader-esque but then it like the sex bits and the violent bits are, are pretty you know yeah the melting gamorian is definitely mm-hmm. up there in terms of how grotesque some of the especially this era of star wars gets yeah i don't think sure. you get much it is gavin that sees that too and he's like yeah, 17 he's like... Have you ever played Gears of War? Yeah. You know, sometimes when, like, you, you know, like, you, you blow an enemy up, one of the lines is like, ugh, got some on me, or, like, after they stomp an enemy up. That's basically his reaction here. Yeah, ugh. That's, that's gross. He's going to have to clean this up. Yeah. I think I catch the whole place on fire afterwards, so that's probably for the best. Mm. At least the guy locked his the... door so no one else would get infected. Yeah, like they don't like that's pretty damn noble. Yeah, and wasn't part of the squadron at this point. No, um, piggy. Yeah, well, the Gamorians, the Ewoks, these are all things that come yeah. later. So there's a there's a high a high turnover rate in Rogue Squadron. Yeah, although not really when you think about the fact that they go into battles where they're like really poorly outnumbered and you know imp- yeah. Nothing's impossible for Rogue Squadron every time they come out with, like, no casualties. Like, in this book, they don't even take, like, a couple of times they get their shields buzzed a bit, but... They don't really do much in this book that's combat-oriented. They have, uh... Well, we'll get to... There's, like, three... Yeah, Yeah, three missions they fly. But, uh... I guess we'll... Which are all kind of pointless. Like, it's just, like, back to back to back to... I guess we'll just wrap up the lore stuff and move on to... We can either go over Corrin stuff next or Tycho's Trial after lore stuff. Um, doesn't matter to me. Let's do let's do Tycho's Trial. All right, so I guess the last things with lore that... Uh, like the biggest thing that... Uh, that Voru tells him to do is instead of trying to target Rogue Squadron, which he'd wanted to, uh, mm. Voru vetoes that and lord's like you can't veto that and lord and Voro says i just did 
So mm. no argument there. It was it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, Voru tells him he should be blowing up a school, which is up there yeah. with Melting Gamorrean, I think, in what happens. And we've talked a, a lot in the last two episodes about uh, how on board with everything Lore actually right. is. And this is something that Voru and Lore kind of talk about. Where mm-hmm. Lord doesn't want to do it, and Vora's like, "Well, you're okay with the back with the Kratos virus killing them, uh, so is this just that you'll feel more responsible for it?" Kind of does make me feel a bit because I, when I read the previous two novels, I did think that, or I guess the last novel, I did feel like Lord does have an element of not wanting to do it. No, I don't think he puts it forward, and I think he probably lies to himself. But like, there are several scenes where he's disgusted and i think it's just kind of the whole idea that he's a pretty shitty imperial at the end of the day yeah he wants the yeah. the glory but he doesn't yeah he doesn't he's, have the... he's sort of okay with stuff happening he just doesn't want to feel personally responsible for it right which is almost worse than yeah no it's, it's totally worse it. like i want to benefit from this and i want credit for this i just don't want to feel personally responsible for doing this exactly yeah has like delusions of grandeur too because he does get elevated by like pretty significantly by Isard. Um, but I, I think that she doesn't see his position as elevated, but he does, so it kind of gives him a bit of a big head, yeah. And I, I think this kind of goes the blowing up the school and everything kind of goes to what my biggest problem is with this subplot is that yeah. uh, he's supposed to be stirring up the population again, like making them doubt the New Republic's ability to uh, protect them. But that's kind of also what the Kratos virus is supposed to be doing, and it's doing a much better job. Like, we never hear about anyone actually caring about uh, what lore is doing. Yeah, that is a big problem. So, main characters reporting about it, like, the next day. Like, well, lore blew, or the Empire blew up a school the other day. Cue Zuko gif from Avatar. That's rough, buddy. And move on. Yeah, exactly. It. It feels like the whole book could have just gone on without that and literally nothing would change. Mm-hmm. You could focus a lot more on the actual effects of the Kratos virus, which you really only get in that scene with uh, mm-hmm. with Gavin and the Gamorrean, where he's doing the treatments there. And then a bit with the Provisional Council where they're talking about how difficult it's going to be to manage, but you don't get any of the on-the-ground effects from it. It's and kind of weird because the better. last book... Yeah, like the last book does such a good job of like showing Coruscant like from a personal level when they're undercover in this book is like it doesn't and you're right because the at least to me the the back to stuff isn't very compelling because they don't do a good job of setting up like I guess they set up the stakes but they don't do a good job of like you know keeping tally like we really need this or like we're gonna lose a million people it's just like okay we've done this sometimes the back gets destroyed afterwards sometimes it doesn't um, yeah, like, it is also set up as a way for Lore to destroy some back to stores or other people are selling it, but the selling it turns into a bigger problem. Like, Voru selling it is uh, the bigger problem than uh, than Lore destroying it. Because we never really follow through on hearing about which of Lore's plans are actually successful to do it. Right. But Yeah, yeah you, got a good, you got a good point that you are aware of it. You're right. That they, there's a little too much going on. Same as in the last book, in my opinion. So there's too much going on with none of it actually, with nothing going on. Right. Is yeah. Anything else you want to talk about with Thor's subplot here? 
No, but it does that. take time away from squadron bonding and stuff, which I think is a fun part of the other two novels. Yeah. Especially the first one. Yeah, there's a lot less character development outside of... We get a little bit more Wedge in this book. Yep, we do. Uh, and obviously Tycho. Tycho is the real star of this book. Corrin's but do you think we do get more of Tycho in the end? Yeah. I, yeah? Even in the last few books, it's more people talking about Tycho, and we see one or two scenes with him. In this book, there's a lot more from his perspective. And if people are talking about him, he's at least there for it. So we see his reactions to stuff. Mm-hmm. And kind of the same with Wedge, where in the last two books, they're kind of these, uh, even with the suspicion around Tycho, they're portrayed as like these untouchable, above-it-all characters. Because that's mm-hmm. just, it's about forming Rogue Squadron. And then there's a little bit more of them in uh, Wedge's Gamble. But they're still supposed to be like these legends. And in this one, it's more... They're not legends, they're just these people, and it's more from Mm. their perspective. Yep, that makes sense to me. Shall we move on to a discussion of... uh, Do we want to do Psych Tycho now? Yeah, uh, I guess we we can start off with a little bit about the Council and some of what they're doing about the Kratos virus with the books, too. Because we get some early... uh, Some of the early scenes with Wedge are... uh, are at the Provisional Council trying to, or with the Provisional Council after the funeral for Corin, trying to convince yeah. the Council to stop the trial for Tycho. Yeah, uh, and which is being really unfair, because there's clearly a tribal issue. Whether he's guilty or not, like, you can decide that in court. But he's like, he doesn't deserve this, but, like, not guilty, but there's clearly, he might be. Yeah, this is, like, uh, this is your... That's a very works. imperial thing to do. Like, it's like... One of the first big cases since the like judiciary, or it's not really the judiciary, but it's the military courts. And Wedge is like, and they're like, no, like he might not be. And he's like, we'll see. Yeah, the it the way the rest of the council argues for it isn't really that great either. Like they don't focus on the fact that yeah, Corin's dead. He's on trial for murder. There's a reason to believe mm-hmm. he did it. It's gonna be a fair trial. And we'll go from there. It's more like, oh, but if we don't do it, people will be mad. Right. They just focus on the optics, which is like the worst way to convince Wedge. Or he doesn't yeah. care about the political optics that much. It's Yeah. He's not a policy guy. I agree. It's just like Wedge is being unreasonable. Yeah. They have a lot of, yeah. at least, even if it is kind of circumstantial for some of it, they have oh, a totally. good amount of evidence Tycho has 15 million credits. I mean, the, the Corrin Horn thing enough, like right before the battle and the what he thought was a threat, like that's probably enough right there. Yeah, like everything that turned out to not be the case, like the the Lainutka being mistaken for him was kind of weak, but no yeah, one I knew agree. why Corrin thought it was Tycho. And then with whoever would have had access to the Headhunter... No one else mentioned Erisi going over the mm. headhunter. So there's... And the thing with Jace, too. Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons to believe, just because of people miscommunicating or Corrin being too dead to... Or allegedly too dead to yeah. let people know what's actually going on. That, I like, agree. Yeah, Tycho should be tried. Yeah, totally. Let the courts figure it out. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it is, I do find it a little disappointing that like this book does this, but um, Fate of the Jedi does this way worse and that the court, the way the court is set up is literally the exact same as other popular series. Like it's got, they've got bailiffs, they've got tribunal. They don't have um, a jury in this only because it's a military trial, but like they've got rules of hearsay and evidence and it's just, I don't know. It, like, if, if the movies did a big trial like that, I think they would have thought of something different or more interesting. A new way for space trials instead of just yeah. typical media trials? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's great that like there's no such thing as conflict of interest or anything. Yeah, true. People have like, oh, would sure for the defendant picking his uh, defense attorney, but like the, yeah, you you really shouldn't even have a conflict of interest there. The fact that Iella and Etic are right. in the positions they are, and just it's and very like, convenient that they knew everyone. Yeah, and um, what's his name has already basically prejudged him as well. Yeah, if they're worried about if they're worried about the optics of the trial and looking like Tycho got off easy. Then stacking everything with his friends or people who are in the public right. eye supposed to be his friends seem like a really bad way to get having um, having one of the judges being like, boy, I knew he wasn't guilty because of secret military stuff. <laughs> Can't tell ya. <laughs> you. Gotta trust me. Yeah, Aaron Kraken's kind of a dick. Like, you can even sneak into his room and be like, boy, don't worry, I got you. <laughs> well, he Tycho kind of has to believe it's real or else I, I don't think Tycho's a great actor I'm not sure if that's uh, I, I think you're probably right but just the, the psychological trauma he'd be under like what if Tycho killed himself in exactly custody? which would have been reasonable that's what um, what's her name did in Fate of the Jedi um, uh, what's her name Mon Cala Admiral um, uh, the one who partnered what Neophon? The one who part- partnered with Jason, remember? Yeah, the other chief of state? Yeah, yeah, no, I thought, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he, Kraken doesn't know that's not going to happen. And he does say that I wasn't sure Tycho wasn't a sleeper agent. Just yeah. that he wasn't a spy within Rogue Squadron, which, fair enough. Actually, but... the same as Fate of the Jedi, because the whole reason Nyathal kills herself is because she doesn't want to divide, basically, like, the Galactic Alliance. So, like, this trial is literally like a... So, I'm like, oh kill myself and everyone will know they're being equally hard on humans. And then it'll just rip apart the Republic anyways because everyone will be upset that it turned out he didn't do anything. So nothing is accomplished. Would have been interesting, uh, would have been an interesting plotline. If Tyke would have committed suicide in the book? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it would have been nutty. That would have been nutty. <laughs> His skin melts Big off Big to him. make that move. I toss virus to Camorian. Yep. Um, it, I just, I don't know. Like, the second any time, like, there's a discussion of hearsay laws, I'm just like, bruh. So are, are there any specific points of, uh... Of, they, get uh the, they get the hearsay pretty much right, because the basic rule of hearsay is... So, like, if I tell you, um, going to the bathroom, it's not hearsay for you to say that, okay, Justin told me he was going to the bathroom, but it is hearsay for you to tell me or Justin for you to say to Justin went to the bathroom yeah. unless unless you witnessed it or like a better example would be like I saw if I said earlier I saw 
Isara taking a bath with like like it wouldn't be hearsay to say that I told you that, but it'd be hearsay to evaluate it based on the truth with some exception. I saw Isara taking a bath with Corin because everyone wants to take a bath with Corin in the series. Exactly. So do you um, want to give your credentials here for I, I'm technically a lawyer. <laughs> technically a call lawyer, but I'm I'm not practicing right now, obviously. Because Star Wars is cooler. <laughs> but um part about any sort of um like this book is better than some of the other times where court proceedings come up in Star Wars. The worst thing is you have a lot of the lawyers delivering um basically testimony. For example, you never like have a lawyer just say but the thing is, we witnessed, or like Joe witnessed this happen. You'd have to, you know, interview Joe and be like, hey, Joe, like, um, you know, like, like lawyers can't, can't give evidence. They can't like go off on long spiels like that. Yeah. So you're saying that Star Wars Law and Order is not an accurate show? I mean, it's accurate to real-world Law & Order. No, I I mean when this became a special episode of Law & Order. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, you're right. Didn't you watch that episode? I, I didn't care for it. In law school, didn't you just... Wasn't all the homework just to watch Law & Order? No, we did in the very first day of law school. We watched the f episode of the Trailer Park Boys where Ricky goes to court. Damn, like, that's even worse. You know, it's Canadian. actually... Like, it, it's... It, there's a pretty um, important issue about like um, oneself or access to legal services. <laughs> if I can't smoke or swear, um, you know. Is is uh, Trailer Park Boys a thing outside of Canada? A little bit. Now that it's on Netflix, I think. Okay, so this isn't going to be like the most Canadian thing since the first episode when we have said sorry like three times and it'll be fairly Canadian. Fifteen seconds. Yeah. So it'll be fairly Canadian. Uh. One of the first things, though, with the Provisional Council when they're talking about how to treat the Kratos virus is we get a lot of discussion about what will and won't work in, like, Star Wars alt-med. And early yeah. on, we hear about how... Gibberish. CN saw... Was it CN saw? No. No, it was... Um... The other Celestian. Not all Celestians are CN Yeah, Sot. the other one. But whoever's on the Provisional Council. And... Uh... Yeah, Nub? That? No, <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I'm just. I'm a Celestian racist. <laughs> but whoever's on the provisional council okay. got. There was no evidence that he had been exposed to back to uh, the Kratos virus, but he still had preventative back to treatment. Then later on in the book, yeah. there's no evidence that preventative back to treatment does anything. Yeah, they're basically showering themselves. Yeah, no the, one has access like, to the back to, and they're just misting it everywhere. Doing it. Yeah, I think it comes up twice at the that the provisional council is doing it, and then Borsphalia is proposing like a uh, a back to spa situation. And well, they actually kind of run a bit of a back to spa, don't they? Don't they have it like misting at one point? Yeah, they're doing that for themselves. But then when Bors tries to bring oh, yeah, up yeah, the yeah. thing to do for everyone else, it's like there's no evidence that'll work. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, yeah, Bors, yeah. Bors gets he's uh, such a dick in this book. He is deservedly pointed out to be a dick, but everyone else is also just being a... Yeah. Like, 
really highlighting the, Other than the Wedge, class struggles like, in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, I guess all these aliens are dying and turning into goo. <laughs> Way she goes, boys. They should have Mon Mothma giving all of her speeches from a back to tent. <laughs> Just make the optics as bad as possible. In like a tank, like a shower with like extreme runoff. <laughs> They're just all these aliens like trying to run up shower. to your feet and like slurp the Bacta off the ground. God damn, Mothma, turn the Bacta off when you're not brushing your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> the... uh, damn, really lost track now. Yeah, uh, we were talking about. So I guess we got the. Uh, we get the mission to Empress Station. That's another. That's not really related to the trial. It's just as a way to get more backup or more back yeah. The there's not a lot there. All the recesses for for Rogue Squadron missions because on both sides, everyone is involved in it. So exactly. Uh, I think the Provisional Council meeting is where we get most of the evidence dropped on us about Tycho, right? Because that's where the fifteen yeah. million credits are pointed out. So Asard had set up some accounts for him and put credits in. Yeah, and it's, it, which is really dumb because why is a sleeper agent going to be paid? Yeah, like, which Wedge points out <laughs> optics. It's like, and the Thrawn trilogy does a really good job of doing that, like making you second guess. Your, like, the New Republic is always second guessing themselves, like all the time when they fight Thrawn, but it's kind of believable. With Isaiah, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Her like most notable feature is she's got different colored eyes, and they call her Ice Heart. Yeah, there's a lot that's just put to like, oh. This is really obvious, but it's not obvious because it's Azard. If we knew what she was doing, then what a yeah, crazy word that would yet. be. Like, you know, you've, you've guessed everything. This is just... She deserves none of the credit you're giving her. We have never seen her do anything competently. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the first things we uh, see in the book like is about... failing to condition Corrin. Yeah, and then, yeah, exactly. And Yondo Donna. Yeah. They don't That's mention a... his last name in this one, do they? But they... no. Heavily yeah. imply. Oh, Wells, Wells has that name. He's got a beard. Oh, Turns, man. Uh, they slowly yeah. just work you into it. Beard. I and they didn't mention face. him as being dead uh, a few books ago, so they were setting it up. It, this was oh, a really? con. As we, we brought oh. it up earlier. Uh, I think it was in Rogue Squadron where... Uh, Back then, the rebels didn't have any admirals, and we right. lost Yon, so they barely had any generals or something. Yeah, something like that. I'm really reaching back here, but it was. Yeah, and the the, the whole battle of Yavin evacuation is like a very convoluted thing because there's been like three different takes on it. There's like the the Star Wars Marvel comics, like from back in the day, they covered that like as part of the. Uh, like the ongoing series in the the seventies, and then they one of the Rogue Squadron games, and I'm sure covered elsewhere as well. But like that one where they that pretty that pretty famous shot of the uh, Super Star Destroyer tanking a shot from two regular Star Destroyers that come out of hyperspace. Everyone mm-hmm. uses that for like Star Destroyers have really strong shields. That's from Vader blockading Yavin. Mon Ramonda is the other. <laughs> Every capital ship can beat a Super Star Destroyer one-on-one. <laughs> Our 12X-Wing could probably do it. <laughs> oh, that, that comes up again. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so 
we get all that evidence and then rogue squadron has their first mission of the book of three missions where again going for back to i'm about to be arrested sorry uh but they're being sent to an empress class station in the yagdul system mm-hmm. which is where zinge has sent that's on the a, cover too. yeah that's the the circle station on the cover and the other fun thing about where Yagdal is is that Zinja's territory is all like northeast part of the galaxy and Yagdal yeah. is middle south, so it had to be close to Typhera because they were getting the shipment of back to there. Uh but Zinj has the station over Yagdal. Uh they yeah. go there for the captured convoy. Is there Mon Cal Cruiser in the actual battle? I don't think so. No, it's just the fighters. Yeah. But the cover and, like, does have two convoy. weird ships, which are they look very Bakurin, but are, I assume, supposed to be Mon Cal's. They kind of look like MC-90. The other yeah, they do, MC actually. 90s. Yep. Oh, what was I going to say? Um, one thing I don't like, there's too many bug species introduced at this point, because you've got the uh, the Vratex and the... Um, what are the other one? Rogue Squadron's um, engineer, basically. Uh, uh, is, uh, is he one of the ones from Roche or something? Yes. Uh, the uh, What are they called again? Dang it. What was his name? It's like Zri or Vri? Vray, Zrai. Zrai, I think. Zrai. Verpine. Right. right. Um, he doesn't show up very much. So, right. I actually kind of like okay. how they handle that, though. As a character. But the reason why I was kind of confused is because Yogdul is also home to the Given, who are kind of they're not insectoid, I don't think, but they're species. They're um, they're in the they're confusing to me because they're like the um the other one because they have like the math ability, schoolboys, um, like hyperspace calculations in their head. Um, what's that species again? The other not Vratech, the other one. Uh. Verpine, right? And aren't Verpine like that too? Like they've got natural, not mathematics, but like. Yeah, all the insectoid species do end up being pretty Geonosian. So there's the Verpine, who are. The Vratex, who are insectoid. I don't know, do the Vratex have? They must, because they do like the back to stuff. And then there's the Given from Yogdul. It's just like like too much in my mind. They're more like kind of. Insects. They're like. Yeah, they're like the Gan, kind of. But the the thing I do like about how they handle the insects are when uh, this is after they come back from this mission, but when Mirax shows Wedge to the Verpine who want to help the the New Republic as a way to get in. Uh, But their communication in that scene, where it's like the Verpine is communicating as if (laughs) uh, Mirax and Wedge have the same mind link they do, and it's not something it's not something we really see a lot in Star Wars, where it's like the species actually. Yeah, no, I like it. And to mention, like, oh, yeah. he was a Shishtavanian or whatever. And they, like, always touching on Wedge and stuff. And Wedge gets kind of down with it by the end. And Luke, at the end, already knows. So. Yeah. Because Luke is a mysterious Jedi warrior who's off being all successful at this point, even though everyone dies. Corrin Orn, your grandfather was a Jedi? Good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the battle with uh, the Empress class... Three squadrons of fighters, of course, is enough to take it down because fighters can do whatever they need to. And yeah. all the fighters surrender. They agree to be guards for the convoy because they're mercenaries and they want to keep their TIE yeah. fighters. Uh, 
A lot of the fighters kind of gets yada yada yadas, yada yadaed. I did like I did like the one thing with the fighters not being too OP is when they um they get like all twelve on one strike cruiser. I was like that seems right to me. Yeah, because they're very fragile. Like the the description of the strike cruiser in this book actually. Yeah. The... It's basically like, hey, did we did we mess up the strike cruiser description prior? Don't worry about it. They're all different. <laughs> that's uh, that's at the graveyard. Yeah. I'll it... hit the strike cruiser, but like, I guess they're like coming from under. That was a pretty cool battle, I guess. Was the graveyard battle that was that was after like, the? It's after the, the empress attack. Yeah. No, I, the... the empress is first, and then. They do the Rodia raid, or not Rodia, the Ryloth mission. Yeah. And then they do the Alder, the Graveyard Alderaan mission. Yeah, I like that one because it was kind of unique for Rogue Squadron to be coming in like mid-battle. And they're like, they described it as coming from beneath and they basically just like... Yeah. St- space is three-dimensional. And then of course, um, Murax is presumed dead. She's not, no one cares about everyone else later on. Yeah, uh, I guess right after they get back from from the Empress thing, that's around when we get some of the stuff that uh, Wedge is interested in Mira, and not Mira, in Yella. Uh, Derek is there. We already covered a lot of that. Uh, but then Mirax calls Wedge over when Wedge is trying to bring Derek and Yella out on a on a threesome date oh, yeah. for lunch. And that's when we yeah. meet the Vratics. Uh, so they, like we were saying, want to give the New Republic. Uh, they want to work on a cure, uh, a cure for the Kratos virus, and use that if Wedge in return will argue for them to join the New Republic. But there's the issue that the uh, the Vratix or Kaelern, who's the specific Vratix, is part of the Asheran rebels, who right. the Bacta conglomerates hate. So Arisi wouldn't be happy with this. Yeah, and it's like it's kind of an issue that like we see a lot more of in the next book. I, I honestly find it a bit tiring, but like it's just frustrating that like the New Republic becomes a quasi enemy so early on. It's like yeah, we can't do this thing that is clearly moral. Like they're not they're not like overthrowing a democ- democratically elected people. They're like overthrowing or they want to overthrow once they, or, sorry once um she runs a Typhera. They want to overthrow her because you know she came with a super star destroyer how much free will is there there really yeah this imperial person comes and installs himself as the overlord of this planet where the native species clearly wants nothing to do with her and is rebelling but we can't do anything yeah. because the one faction of human oh, okay. supports her That's... yeah and they're like well this will cause hundreds of systems to leave not really like if you you don't want the New Republic to seem like dickless. Pardon my French, like, like the like the given. Yeah, isn't the whole point that they're all afraid they're, that the Imperials are trying to make it look like the Republic has no ability to protect people, and now they're like, oh, yeah, exactly, can't do that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so yeah, the the second mission, which I guess we'll just skip to there, is that yeah. uh, they. If they synthesize Bacta and Rilcor, they can make a Rilka here, mm. or the, a cure they call Rilka, which I guess is Bacta and Ril together. Is that what it is? Somehow that a lot easier to make and produce. 
Yeah, but the the name Rilka is that. Yeah. Is that right? Was that just named because it was a combination of the two, or was that something else already? Assume I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, either way, they need to go to Rilof. What do they call the really high quality Rill again? Uh, Rill Core. So because it's hardcore. There's precedent for it, I guess. Yeah. So uh, they're going to go to Ryloth because that's where that's apparently going to be, which is convenient because it's Noara Ven who's acting as Tycho's lawyer. Uh, that's mm. where he's from. And yeah. Then one of the weirdest right. series of events in the series happens, where yeah. they they get to Ryloth, and then there's this whole show of these merchants trying to go off to Wedge, and there's strippers involved and everything. And then a warrior interrupts and is like, "Oh, we gotta treat him to the real warrior show." And then Wedge yeah. points. The Wedge right thinks direction. he's gonna have a duel to the death, and he's like, "He's pretty ready too." Yeah. The rogue. And then it just. Like, I hope they don't make happens. me fight another rogue. It would be a shame Speaking to have of, to kill Noara. Um, yeah, seriously. One thing I do like, though, um, this is kind of related, I guess, tangentially. They have, I, th- I think, they use Vibro swords, and yeah. um, there's like a scene later on. Or like, one thing they say is like it's like stabbing with a Vibro sword and like changing the oscillation. I thought that was a kind of like nice visual image. Mm-hmm. Make like the edge kind of fluctuate and. Very good in KOTOR. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so they don't even really have to do anything there because the merchants don't want to do anything. The warrior dude doesn't want to do anything except for, like, maybe kill the merchant dudes, but they just leave. So they just get the Kirin go, or the real Korin go. I just, I, like, I remember that part, so I kind of just, like, skipped through it. Yeah, nothing really happens there. And the third mission is the really important one where uh, we talked about it a bit with Lore, where he had uh, he got the interception or the intercepted communique that was supposed to go to Isard that there was the uh, the convoy of Bacta going through the graveyard and then he was going to send a fake rogue squadron to get it. But Isard had already gotten the communication he wasn't sure how, but it's because Isard is on Coruscant and Lusankia still. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zin, like Isard had sent Zinj the information, so Zin shows up, blows up the fake rogue squadron that Lore had sent, blows up the convoy, and allegedly, or everyone thinks, blew up uh, Mirax, who had luckily right. gotten away and gone to Borlaeus to research more cure stuff. Yeah, she basically saved everything. Yeah, off screen. It's a bit Entirely much with like Mirak and Corin both. But this these books do a lot, like revealing big plot points, like in passing. Like I'm pretty sure they say that Mirax is left alive during uh, Mon Mothma's speech. Yeah, it was like the not same even thing with mentioned Jay. at all until afterwards. You don't even get yeah, a, a moment of thing of Corin being like, "Oh no, Mirax is dead." You just get, yeah. "Hey, it's great that Mirax is alive." Oh yeah, did we forget to mention that she solved the plot while I was busy doing other stuff? I spent an hour in the Jedi History Museum taking notes in my binder. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's yeah, it's, it's not bad. I mean, it's the first time we really see a Super Star Destroyer in action because it's the Iron Fist is basically just leaving, right? Yeah, they get there just as it's 
edit out of the system, I think. They do a good job showing like the brutality as well. Yeah. And this is kind of, it's still setting up Zinj. It's like the first time we really get to see Zinj doing stuff too, where he's just this off-screen threat for the rest of it. Um, one minor thing, the Superstar Destroyers in this, of course, are described as 8 kilometers long. Oh. Um, Dark Empire describes the the um, Eclipse as being 15 kilometers long, or 17.5 kilometers long or something. Whatever that is. Um, got retconned, so the Executor ended up being larger, but the Eclipse never got the... Because proportionally, if the Executor is getting a boost up, clearly the Eclipse is meant to be the larger version, right? So it should have got the yeah, I think they just went the direction of, well. like, the Eclipse is bulkier. Yeah, they did. So, meh. Yeah. Executor went through, like, what, four different sizes? Yeah, it was, like, 8, 12, I think, like, 17 and 15 and 19. <laughs> yeah. It, every possible size, and then... Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, it was a settled issue by the time I started really being into that stuff, so... Yeah. I remember starting uh, the Throne's Revenge mods, and it was still slightly wonky. It was it was mostly settled, but it wasn't entirely as accepted. Right. So there was still a lot of reading Curtis Saxton's Star Wars technical commentaries. Mm. Yes. See, the, oh, listen. One way to figure it out. Take the size of the hangar on the Home 1. Take the size of a Lambda shuttle. Compare the two. Find the size of the Home 1. Compare the Home 1 with the Executor. Then take that number and figure out that the Death Star is actually 900 kilometers in diameter. And then you can also <laughs> scale it against the potato in the asteroid field and the shoe and yes. all. Yes, and then you give Curtis Saxton a incredible cross-sections book where he says that um, and hit targets 12 light minutes away is like 100,000 plus kilometers. Yeah, so what you're saying is we need to scale up the maps in Thrawn's Revenge. Yeah. In this book, Wedge is like 400 meters away. He's like, oh, boys, I don't know if I can hit it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm in the right position to fly through someone's living room window that I know. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so... That kind of covers a lot of the the missions, which again, none of them really result in too much. It's just off screen. Uh, are we getting enough Bacta stuff? Uh, but over the course of that, there's still stuff going on with Tycho's trial, where the rogues mm. really suck at testifying. They all get angry, like, "Why are you trying to argue with me in this adversarial system?" <laughs> True. I don't understand. Um, and yeah, Ven's not a very good lawyer either because he doesn't even try to like anything. Like he probably could have negotiated for I mean, instead of being murdered, the plea or something. Although, actually, no, never mind. They probably mentioned that, and Corin probably says no. Never mind. Ignore that. Well, you think uh, more of the book should have been Noara trying to convince Tycho to take the Listen, I never once saw um, Noara do an indexing of the funds in um, his capital expenditures account, so. Yeah. (laughs) Just stop. (laughs) That just brought up the the thing where when they were wrapping it all up and they found that other Imperial accountant or whatever that completely slipped my mind until now. It was like, well, do you know that if this is something they did with anyone else where it turned out to be fake? Like, yeah, most times, but we didn't think it was the case this time. (laughs) Did you see him spend any of the money ever? Well, no. 
Did he seem to know it was there? No. Is there a reason why he got 15 million credits when he was kind of a bum? Even <laughs> in your system? No. It was a great way to set them up for what they're going to be doing next book, but... Yeah, true. Uh... Um, okay, I want to take a little recess, well, not recess, but I want to take a second to note two of my favorite words. One from the previous book that I forgot to mention, and that is Edmund Lackbrush is the word scuttlebutt. Mm-hmm. I, I forget what the meaning is. It's, uh, hold on. Uh, hoopla. My Kindle can tell scuttlebutt, me. It scuttlebutt, is a uh, gossip. And gossip. The, this is the definition in the Kindle. The scuttlebutt had it that he was a government spy. Tycho? Oh, I don't know. Is and the other one together? is um, Tallow Shill. I really like that. Tallow Shill? Tallow Shill, like a, just going on the TV and spouting crap. Oh, yeah, so like the, the Billy Mays. Uh, would that be a Billy Mays? Is no, I think, that, I think they're referring to reporters. Okay. Yeah, I guess so as well. Scuttlebutt is gossip in military circles. There you go. I love that the setup for the deal for Lore to testify is like, okay, you're going to go on this press conference and give this phrase rather than just tell me. I know. I'll just send a boy over and like, like I'll just send one of my bros over and we can pick you up and (laughs) just make it as dumb a phrase as possible. Get Noir to go on the news and say the eagle has landed. (laughs) <laughs> the bathwater is running cold. The bathwater is running cold. The ice reservoirs are melting tonight. I'm sure that um, Akbar could really help with some similes or metaphors. Oh God, I I did record uh, as many of those as I could remember, as I complained about them last time, where everything Akbar says has to be a, an ocean metaphor. Yeah. We have, in this book, trouble is a vast ocean, and for us, factor distribution is the issue lurking in the depths. You do a better, uh, you do a better Akbar than Anthony Heald or whoever did the audiobook. <laughs> the trial is indeed a concern of mine, but I consider it a trap or a cove. My real concern is the ocean of security for the New Republic. Uh, then there's a treacherous riptide, riptide shifts <laughs> of allegiances, which I thought was apt. I'm going to forgive yeah, that one. Yeah, I like one. that one. Uh, I concur that this is the tide on which you should sail, is the other one. And then uh, last, we have, so actually five, Akbar's barbells twitched, and the black depths all manner of beasts can swim, which also probably more apt for where he's from, but just the way he communicates to everyone else of everything. Yeah, like, you know Mon Mothma's just so tired of this shit? <laughs> like, Mon Mothma's got, like, failure with just his himself and Akbar with all these endless ocean references. It's like three o'clock in the morning. Akbar's like, "Oh, the skies are gray today," indicating that we might be. And then Monmouth is just like, "Holy hell, shut up!" Like, <laughs> I love a scene where it was just like Monmouth is just like, "Shut up." We should just get a bunch of scenes with Phalia talking about hairballs and stuff. True. Or uh, the Kratos is the biggest furball for the New Republic right now. Bothans, it's funny when you start reading Star Wars books, you see like the things every author does making Bothans have their ears twitch or like their their hair ruffling and whatever. They're like the most conspicuous, unable to conceal their emotions beings, but they're the best spies ever because they can conceal themselves in some way. 
<laughs> and every time they meet someone, they're like, well, how about that second Death Star? <laughs> you guys every buff that and pickup line just involves opening. Hey, you notice how your planet hasn't been blown up? It's kind of bullshit that Disney did Rogue One first. <laughs> <laughs> Is for Rogue two, just Bothans. Zahn has a lot of good ones. Um, he says, oh, "What words does he say a lot?" Scuttlebutt. What? Scuttlebutt. I guess we'll get there when we. Um, yeah. When we. Yeah. Uh. So. The trial comes to its natural conclusion when. Uh, when Corrin shows up and absolves everyone's concerns and Kraken says, yeah, I know. Yeah. Thereby rendering a second plot line almost entirely moot. Yeah, he doesn't need any sort of evidence. He's just like, yeah, I figured it out on my own. I did my homework. <laughs> Had no one else figured this out yet? <laughs> Idiots. Seriously. I do so, like the idea... Sorry, I was reading the chat. I like the idea that Bothans have a false sense of security because, or sense of self worth because Palpatine basically gave away the plans and they still lost a bunch of them. Yeah. Star plans, literally nobody could have done that. Palpatine's just cackling from this. Hear what he said. <laughs> it was just a text message to Boris Failure. <laughs> Fly in the big hole. <laughs> 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 blow up the shield fly in the big hole you got remember it. that first time when you you had to blow up a small hole we're gonna leave it unfinished <laughs> fly in the big one this time they miss most of the information they don't get that the freaking big lasers working like that's probably pretty important yeah they, hold on <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> what did the boffins do did they just find out where it was must have been. I sent. Oh yeah, there's that line from Robot Chicken. Someone quoted. I sent Boffins to get my coffee. All dead. <laughs> oh, uh, I didn't mean to send you the second Death Star plans. P please delete unless you're into it. New Sorry, my cut. Who did Death Star plans? <laughs> we clearly need to do uh, an episode six rewatch, and yeah, agree. It'll be the next episode of Tap Cat. <laughs> yeah, there is a tap calf mentioned in this one. I think just one. Uh, yeah, I think like page thirty-one. I messaged you as soon yeah. as I found it. Sure. Discord apparently. I mean. Yeah, but uh. The, <laughs> yeah. The aerial proof conspiracy. Okay. Um. Was the other thing? There was some. But yeah, so the the nothing lore does matters. None of the testimony or anything in the trial matters. Yep. Um, the big reveal is supposed to be that Arisi is the the actual Imperial agent. Because they guess find out I that Tycho's... Hmm? I said, but guess what? I read the books before, so kind of a crappy... Oh. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's supposed to be the major point of the book, and then it just sort yeah. of happens. Yeah. Where... I do like the way it happens, though. She's like, thinks she's being all sneaky, and Wedge is like, I don't think yeah. so, like... But because there's so much focus on this other stuff that doesn't end up mattering, uh, mm -hmm. you don't get as much of the Rogue Squadron camaraderie, so the fact that one of them turned out to be the the spy, which you they do point out before, like, oh, there's the spy within Rogue Squadron, which you're kind of supposed to think is, yeah. is Tycho, but yeah. 
Yeah. Someone did say that uh, Lord does get Eola's husband killed, so that's a good point. But we Although I think the start how that should have been entirely, entirely impossible and obvious that he maybe shouldn't be allowed around people. Also, Flurry Voru's or not Flurry Voru, um, Derekot's really fat, so <laughs> yeah, big lad. So, but uh, is there? Gotcha. Any, I guess we should go on to Corin's Lusankia escapades, and then oh yes, that'll bring us back to the end. We can tie everything up nicely and nice little bow. So, anything stick out to you about I mean, Corin's training? It's crazy that he finds his grandfather's lightsaber and his medallion and shit like that's what i mean hey that's the force nija is that really? was important enough to be in that in that museum back when we didn't oh, really he, know how many jedi it seems like he died like late clone wars and it was probably you know family was probably ripe for purge pretty quickly but this yeah. this book does kind of mess up the clone wars timeline a bit because it makes it seem like it was about 40 years which is kind of what everyone thought at this point yeah, well, they make the Clone Wars seem long, and they make because there was the stuff in the last book about how the Jedi were purged afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so this museum would have had to be established very quickly and then ruined very quickly. Yeah. So what the exact yeah, no, definitely thing there is, who knows? Also, doesn't seem that hard to break out of Lusankia. No, you just have to figure up the figure out the down is up. And you're yeah, pretty someone much should have out. that one before. Yeah. No one's laid on the floor before and heard boots on the other side. Yeah, like Derrico was basically out. <laughs> yeah. Uh... So is, isn't he another case? To, there's no um, preamble of him being sent to prison, is there? Isn't he just no, there? He's just he just yeah. turns out to be there. The big reveal is that Derrico is there. Yandodon is there. Uh... I think the the idea probably is that they didn't want the New Republic to be able to catch Derrico because... They could have made him a big symbol and executed him and stuff. Yeah. With the virus not being good enough. Yeah, it seems like in the middle fun. of the project, trying to use the virus, he would have been nice to have around in some kind yeah. of way, but... Meh. But the... Uh, the Corrin stuff, I think we first see him like six chapters in the book, because we're all still mm. supposed to believe he's dead. And he's in training mission, shooting down uglies, and then he's supposed to kill Rogue Squadron. But yeah. we get, like, two cases where he refuses to do it and where he starts to, like, piece things together that he's not where he should be. But he yeah. still hates Tycho. And it's, like, his hatred of Tycho that pulls him out, where he had the, yeah. the thought of, like, two ties, single Tycho. I do like that part. I mean, I like the I like the hallway, too, where they switch gravity. Yeah. The... There's Trandoshans like, uh, everywhere to remind him of his dad, too. Because Bosk oh, yes, his dad. Of course. Because yeah, had to go first. Of course it was Bosk. Yeah, there's like 10 bounty hunters in the galaxy. And it's really just Boba Fett and some scrubs. I think Boba Fett also gets his first, maybe, chronological mention here from our books. Because Lore says he could, he wants to hire Boba. He could get Boba a plan Fett to hire Boba. Yeah. I wonder what. Yeah. What Boba Fett's charge for that would be just to be yeah, hanging around killing everyone for you. Yeah. Well, it'll probably take some time to kill all the people. Like, hmm. it's going to take a few days. But the 
The training missions don't go well. The second time, Corrin just rips the helmet off and tells Asar to basically go fuck herself. Uh, watches Bosk shoot his dad, and then oh, yeah, it's tossed in Gen Pop. We get the worst season of Prison Break. The best <laughs> season of Prison Break. Yeah, it's not bad. I like it. I like the part where he finds the tablet that's just been turned off, not put on lock. Yeah. Always, always turn your devices off, people. Don't just leave it on sleep if it's got sensitive information. He was really, really disgusted by going in those um, cabinets, too. It just didn't seem that bad to me. Well, uh, hiding in filing cabinets is a classic move. One thing you, I see you put down is um, maybe this was one of his first uses of the Force with some sort of mind trick? Yeah, so when he's hiding in the thing and he's trying like, oh, he's trying to project the thought that, oh, no one would hide in here. You don't have yeah. to look, you don't have to look, and it almost works. And then they're like, are, the troopers are arguing amongst themselves. Because after a while, Warren does get out. He goes and Derricote comes with him. Yeah. He finds out that they're on Lusankia, they're upside down, the gravity is doing it, they're on a ship. And... Drags Derricote's corpse throughout the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Where Derricote follows Corrin out, and like almost immediately, yeah. uh, he notices him. Derricote tries to attack him, but then Yondo Donna followed Derricote. They kill Derricote, and then Corrin's got to dispose of the body. So he's like running around with this, dragging the dead, overweight man behind him until he mm -hmm. finds a trash compactor. <laughs> yeah. Which, hmm. you'd think there'd be more access to, to garbage chutes. You would. Based on, you know, Death Star 1. Yeah, so... Garbage uh, mashers. Another prequel, or another OT callback, which you're so fond of. Yes, very fond of. Why do garbage Especially cans have to show up in other media? Yeah, I don't think that's realistic. That takes away from the world building. <laughs> Star Wars shouldn't have garbage. I don't watch Star Wars for garbage. Uh, is there anything else major you want to cover? Um, this is a pretty, yeah, you know, insubstantial story. Uh, yeah. I'll, I guess Corin just gets out. There was that early use of mind trick there that I think is worth bringing up. But then he finds out Tycho is not uh, a sleeper agent by using the data pad, hmm. and that's I guess what tips him off to Orisi, but. Got to keep that secret until the actual reveal. Anything else you want to... I like at the end where... It's one of many occasions where Wedge seems to be really interested to, into Luke. Like... Relationship. I don't know. It's like something you see a lot. He's always touching him and like... <laughs> Isn't this a thing we should do, Luke? Well, Wedge. <laughs> do or do not. <laughs> you pull up the Death Star, it's basically the same thing. Uh, it's funny if you imagine the the act. I wasn't sure with Luke at the end there, because they're talking to Borsk, and uh, after Corrin's revealed himself, explained that Tycho wasn't a sleeper agent because he saw it on the data pad. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tycho gets off. Uh, Gavin and Asir have gotten off a few times earlier, and <laughs> the, uh, rogues, the rogues all want to go after... Uh, Typhara and take out Isar. Mm. But Borsk is saying, yeah. no, you guys have got to go to Iron Fist. And then they all I think resign. it's a fair call. 
though that's when we get the, the fun wedge and luke interactions yeah and we get luke trying to get corin to be a jedi luke tells corin about his uh his history which luke happened to have been looking into uh which is convenient and does corin make the right call here uh no he also luke is telling everybody he doesn't pull corn aside and be like listen i know that you your family is very important to you but <laughs> grandfather is not who you thought it was yeah it's like going in front of all of his friends and be like hey you're adopted or like when he calls out fake wedge in a new hope like wedge is like some seasoned military and like we no way we can hit that and wedge is like nonsense i used to bullseye want rats in my t16 way smaller and wedge is like screw this guy. this guy he's a farmer like And that's what started the the lifelong obsession with Luke. Is do you think that that's where he got the need to get Luke's approval? I think so. I mean, he talks about. I think he's kind of reimagined the situation because he talks about how he was just him and uh, Biggs were just flying covered for the farm boy. Yeah. As soon as Luke said we'd be no good back there, that's when I knew we were going to do no good back there. Just too. That's it for me. Uh, but. Any thoughts on Corin's decision not to become a Jedi? All right, sorry. Um, like, obviously he'd be more helped. Or like, take take, get the basics down. Even you know, you'd be more yeah. useful for Rogue Squadron that way. But if we look at Luke's track record at this point, true. And I do like his character arc. Is Corin going to die if he becomes Luke's apprentice at this point? Yes, one hundred percent. We've got Dev. Has he killed anyone else that we know of up to this uh, point? I don't think so. I think it's mostly just Dev. But we always hear about how he's like researching the Jedi off off screen and looking for people. How many how many corpses are strewn in Luke's wake of people who didn't survive their first day of Jedi training? That's too like he's not good. He couldn't even keep Mar like going to class and no, you know. <laughs> Not even Kyle. True. Kyle left, Corrin left, Mara didn't really want to do it. Kyle was so pissed off he didn't even show up in the new Jedi Order at all. He was that angry. <laughs> Should have be so angry that you float on a 19-book arc? Plus short <laughs> stories? Comics? Jaden shows up later, though. Yeah, true. Oh, don't worry. Kyle gets his grand reintroduction in the Swarm War. Yeah. Well, there were a lot of Vong in the galaxy. Kyle could have been off... Uh... Treating his own. I think I think they're actually in the short story that covers that. Kyle and Jan. Uh, Corin's arc all... in the in the Vong War is going to be a fun one too. Oh yeah, Corin, Corin and Kip are both pretty fun in that. Uh, okay, so I guess the last thing is just we find out that Mirax wasn't dead, which we've talked about. She was actually on Borlaeus helping with the cure. Uh. But we've basically just been set up for what happens next book. Any any final thoughts on the plot here before we? No, oh, it's definitely segments? no. It, it's okay. It was kind of a slog for me to read through this one. I found I've fallen asleep a few times almost. Hmm. Uh, so I guess that brings us right into the rankings. Yeah. Where I put this one above Truce of Bakura, but below the other two. I think. I pretty below Truce of Bakura actually. I think that's where I'd I'd put it. So probably my least favorite. Yeah. 
So I think that puts us both with uh, Rogue Squadron, then Truce of Bakura. Or no, Rogue Squadron, then Wedge's Gamble, then Truce of Bakura. Yep. Then uh, Kratos Trap. We've agreed on them all so far, I think. Yeah. So... Uh, I guess the last thing's there. If there's any any questions from the chat. I'm running a bit of a fever. Do you mind if I head out early? And I'm feeling, oh, a little, uh, feeling a little ill. I think I'm going to yuck right, so here in a second. How about if anyone has any questions for this one, just email it to the email address in the description. We got it wrong last time, I think. Uh, tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com. I'll make sure to edit it into the description afterwards. Uh, and we'll deal with that in two weeks and give uh eckhart a chance to recover here all right see you later guys thanks for tuning in as always may the force be with you and don't forget if you enjoy the audio version you can check out the links in the description listen to it on spotify itunes or podbean all right bye everyone